Welcome to Friday Night Movie. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Is mom practicing her buttery, buttery voice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just watched Bob Ross get into the mood. Do you get... Uh, do you have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he actually, while he was painting, said, I think the cameraman fell asleep. <laughs> Here we are, and welcome to another edition of Friday Night Movie Podcast. Oh my god, Mom, that was amazing. That was so good, it could have been an ASMR video. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, that was... My mother did the intro today because today we have our two all-time most requested, most downloaded guests, Fanny and Roger, our parents, are here for a very special father's day episode before we hear more from them lily calling in from the canary islands how are you pretty good i just had a funny experience in the car when i was driving home to be here for this call for this recording um the spin doctors came on the radio in spain like in like in the canary islands and it was just such a heartwarming experience in the car because i like was trying to tell my son about this he's two he doesn't care but i was like oh my god it's this i was all alone in the car too and and i just do you remember it made me think of like i don't know if other people have that song but i remember kind of i guess being just about a teenager and hearing it at the aust house our neighbors do you mean two princes yeah, two princes. Uh, okay, obviously. all right. Yeah, I remember they had the. Date. No one knows any other Spin Doctor song. No, Little Miss Can't Be Wrong, Cleopatra's I, Cat. Okay, hard to exist. I, it stops Shin at Little Bone Miss Alley. Can't Be Wrong, but I think everybody knows. I mean, two princes, and so I just remembering it, it here. Four thirty. <laughs> it's not late. It's late. just early. 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 <laughs> early. I'm curious if there are other Spin Doctors fans now that possibly could be listening. <laughs> Anyways, I just remembered like such a fond memory of being over at their house and they were like the cool like older kids and me being like, Oh wow, this is like a cool song. And then like I knew it from that moment on. At school probably, I don't know. There's a tape. I remember having the tape for it. And then when it came on the radio, it brought all that nostalgia back. You know, Shy, you and I are like nostalgia experts. I, I, I remember I got that tape for my my, my Bogreem summer at camp. And I had that tape on my Sony Walkman, the one that had the clock in the front of it. And I listened to it over and over and over again in, exactly. in, my, in my top bunk bed of bunk 13. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Becky. Have you had any nostalgic experiences? I know nostalgia isn't one of your favorite games. Oh, no, I have, actually. Last night, I read... Um, so, you know that that there's a Harry Potter play, Harry Potter yes. and the Cursed mm-hmm. Child, right? Yes. So, last night, I, I read the, the play, and I, I had read the first act maybe a week ago, and then I tore through the other the whole, the whole rest of the play, and it's a two-part play. It's really, really long. It's like a 300-page book. It's um, like a three-hour... It's an, it's an all-day production. It's an all-day production, right? Um, and I read the whole thing last night. I stayed up till midnight, which is insane, considering I have... 
a little baby and I was just weeping throughout the whole thing and Vlad is like what's going on I'm like I'm having this very nostalgic moment remembering reading the Harry Potter books like for the first time and how much I just loved these characters and this story and how incredible it is and I I was just I was really overwhelmed um how 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 was the cursed child by rent or meh um, I think it's it's a buy with a couple of a couple of weak plot points, but a buy, a buy with with a couple but like plot points I forgive because I'm just so excited to see that the characters be good enough that you life. you stayed up so late to read it. Well, it's it's the way she writes. It's so addictive. You need mm, to know, absolutely. you know, it, the the story is constantly moving forward. There's not a dull moment. This is so a bit that's of, really why it's this a is a bit of a callback to our last Jedi episode. Was it we bought a zoo <laughs> in Hogwarts? <laughs> no, it was not. And I have to tell you where where it's better than the Last Jedi is that you're following and Harry's, the list grows. The list you're follow, grows. You're following Harry's kid, and the only reason you care about this kid is because it's Harry Potter's kid. That is the only reason why it matters and it's important is because it's oh. about the original core people that you followed from those first stories and what you're saying is really like, should have been a skywalker so that we gave a crap yes agreed <laughs> that's what this whole harry potter thing and is. not a nobody i've read that she may very well be a skywalker only it's a twist oh okay well you know well, you never know maybe she's a chewbacca who knows <laughs> Maybe that's what Solo a Star Wars story revealed. Well, so next, I'd like to welcome back Mom and Dad. Yeah. Who who have hundreds of downloads to their name on our show, having been on the show multiple times and have been on the most popular episodes. And they are here to, number one, celebrate Father's Day with Dad. So Dad is with all three of his kids. But also to talk about a moment that we've been building towards since the beginning of the podcast. In fact, we've often talked about how we created a podcast just so ultimately one day we could talk about our love of breaking and break into electric boogaloo. Would you agree, girls? Mm-hmm. 100%. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So... Can I make a confession? Yes. I always thought the first... <laughs> the name of the <laughs> Mom's just laughing. Oh, it's she's already like, started. This is the laugh that we describe all the time, by the way. This, yeah, this, like, is, this, this is it. She's crying. She's crying. I'm taking, was, I'm taking she, pictures. She's just sharp inhales and she's not first breathing. Movie was electric. <laughs> okay. I just, I just want to say for the record, did you pee before? <laughs> I don't need to anymore, Lily. That's your problem now, not mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't need to be rude. I had a baby. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so for a long time, I forgot that the first movie was Breaking and the second one was Electric Boogaloo. And I always thought that the first movie was Electric Boogaloo. Thankfully, so did I got of myself yesterday. So did I. I. To me, they're just one movie. So, well, they, they might as well. I mean, they were made within minutes of each other. They're both also the, the entire together in the same length as Thor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing the lack of continuity considering the two films were made so close together. So yesterday at the All-Star Comic-Con, which I'll talk about that a little bit, I went with our parents and Allie and the kids, three generations, for a photo op meet and greet 
and dance workshop with the legendary Shabadoo, also known as Adolfo Quinones. 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 Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Thank God Mom is on this. <laughs> the man who played Ozone, who we first discussed, well, probably first discussed early on, but who we famously discussed on this show during our crossover with the Bonsai Retro Club. And we declared that we were going to go to this. And we did. And we have video footage and we have pictures. And now we have the story. I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to talk about a few intro moments. And then I'm going to turn it over to Lily and Becky to just fire away with questions. And then we'll go into other parts of the story. Okay, so number one. We arrive at All-Star Comic-Con, which is put on by these guys, uh, Kevin Bednards and Tom McKeon, their local guys, and a couple other folks. And uh, they had billed it many times as a sort of smaller, more intimate, almost like, like the Comic-Con of the people. And they took over the Sheridan Hotel in Tyson's Corner. And it was fantastic. They did an amazing job. The cosplay game, like the people dressed up, was probably the highest percentage like per capita. Uh, when I got there a few minutes after mom and dad and they told us they told me and they, uh, and Allie they said it was worth it just to come and see all the people dressed up it was pretty incredible the vibe was great the people were so nice so we arrive at this hotel and this wasn't like it was off in some conference room the entire hotel was taken over by people That's dressed awesome. up like Deadpool and the Khaleesi and Except yes. for the poor wedding party. There was somebody getting married in the <laughs> no. hotel. Oh, yes. And the bride Mother and the groom and the line. bridal party and the mother of the bride. It was poor people surrounded so, by all these That is, that is a hilarious punchline. So, yeah. So, there was this. There were a few people in, in formal wear. And then everybody else. And they weren't. <laughs> I, actually, then, I actually thought that they might be in costume. <laughs> then pretending we realized, to be in a wedding. And then we it was a wedding. I was like, oh my That's God. True. These poor yeah, they, people. It could have been a wedding crashers thing. So we go to the area where you line up for the photo ops, and the guy who takes our ticket looks remarkably like Michael J. Fox. Like, remarkably like Michael J. Fox. Like, a, early Michael J. Fox or today? Like, when he was in the, like, Marty McFly. I mean, it, it, identical. Like, 1980s. I yeah. thought it was his kid, because it, it is identical to him. And so, he's a very nice guy. He took our tickets. He got us all set up in line. And then someone comes up to him and says, you know, you look like Michael J. Fox. And he said, yeah, I do this professionally. I'm a Michael J. Fox impersonator. Yeah. And Whoa. later, we actually saw him dressed up in the puffy orange jacket. So imagine the scene. So we are getting our tickets oh taken. God, wait, 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 wait. Do you have a photo of him? Yeah. Now I'm gonna get yes, lots of Mom took lots of pictures on Can the slide. Can you please text okay. me a picture of this right now? Wait, text Eric. I want to see it, too. It's text in me, my too. Big it's in Mom's I'm big camera. Don't get me started on the big camera and the light and Mom playing with the big I, camera. I can't. I can't. So, <laughs> Did nobody actually take this photo with the cell phone? Maybe. Be. I have to no, look. because it's kind of rude to take a picture of someone whose job is professionally to like get pictures taken of themselves looking like someone. Except he wasn't dressed up like that. He was just standing taking tickets for Shubadoo. Shabadoo. Shabadoo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so we... You're so disrespectful. <laughs> so we, we are there with Michael J. Fox lookalike, very nice man, taking our tickets. And Shabadoo walks up. The other folks in line were very cool. One guy was dressed as the Green Hornet. He was really nice. He was, you know, goofing around with the kids, pretending to zap them and stuff. And Shabadoo walks over, and he sees me. Now, I'm wearing my Team Hot Stuff t-shirt that uh, I designed. Shout out to Team Hot Stuff. 
and I'm wearing my white headband, which I've worn many times. It wasn't like the only time I ever wore my headband. I wanted to get into that 80s vibe. But he looks at me, and the first words out of his mouth were, What's up, Jamie Kennedy? That is just so funny. Because he thought I looked like Jamie Kennedy. I thought that was very astute. And then, That's a pretty good comparison. Well, mm-hmm. and then he kept joking about it throughout the interactions. And he Well, kept I mean... If Marty McFly is there, I bet he thought you were imitating him from, like, Scream or whatever. Well, that's, well actually, he kept saying, so Shabadoo kept saying, kicking it old school, kicking it old school. And I would, like couldn't tell if we were doing a bit because he thought I was just cool with the headband. <laughs> and then later in the day, Allie and I are driving. I said, Allie, could you please IMDb if there's a movie called Kicking It Old School? And sure enough, there's a movie called Kicking It Old School starring Jamie, Jamie Kennedy Hitton. that Amazing. Shabadoo choreographed, I think, or something like that. So, or he was involved oh. in it. So now you have to watch a movie I'm definitely gonna watch that movie so then the next thing he says is he looks over at mom and he goes you're fine which is like a lot to handle it was amazing wait a second and he's only like two years younger than me he's my age so that was very very like Ooh, does he mean it? Or is he <laughs> of course he means it. You are fine, but also he doesn't look his age, right? He looks pretty good. Oh, he, I don't he think looks amazing. He, he barely looks fifty, and the guy's sixty-three years old. It's incredible. Oh. Yeah. He, so then we did the photo op. In the photo op. He was very sweet. He was very funny. He took lots. We took all. We did pictures one on one with him. He did one with the kids. He did one with the family. I showed him my animation. He really liked that. He thought that was cool. Uh, he had me show it to other folks that worked there. So that was cool. And and then after that we uh, we we every, all of us took turns chatting with him. I'll let that come out in your when you ask your questions. And then we went to the dance workshop. So what are your questions, Lily and Becky? As of okay. now, of the percentage of people, let's say at the dance workshop there was, I don't know, what do you forty people? Yeah, fifty, fifty, fifty. Yeah. Okay, of the fifty people, what percentage? I need you to break this down for me. What percentage were there to actually learn break dancing? What percentage were there, like you guys, just like old school fans, old school fans, and what percentage were there were like more fans than even you guys that were like no, no, no. and what about people? I and was there a percentage of people who turned up and they're like, what, what is this? What? Oops. Nobody paid the money Oops, for the workshop for? who didn't know who he was. That's clear. But there was very young kids there, besides so, your kid. So, yes, there were very young kids there. Their parents clearly liked it. There were a, a few really sincere, wonderful people that truly, truly loved him. Like, when they shook his hand, they said, you know, I'm just a huge fan. And, and you could see that they were as big fans of dad as dads, if not even more. And it was truly sincere and wonderful. And then there were a lot of people like us who just wanted to be in the room with him. And then there were a few kids in there, younger kids, that were absolutely fantastic dancers. And there were a few people who were younger than you guys, or about your age, who definitely were there to learn the moves. They were asking questions about just, ex- like, detailed questions about how he did a particular move. And you could tell that they were, like, processing it and were there to learn. When the workshop, he, when the yeah. workshop started... Uh, besides the parents who were accompanying kids, everybody who was there, and they uh, ranged all shapes, sizes, and colors, uh, were there to do the workshop. So at the beginning, 100% of the folks who had bought tickets uh, were there to do the show, to do the workshop. It became a trial of attrition to... It's mom breathing very heavily. Uh, it, it, it became a trial of attrition yeah. to actually survive the workshop. So as it went on, uh, there were folks who who just couldn't just keep up down. with it, and they sat down and they and they uh, and they watched. <laughs> 
but uh, but everyone you know stayed. And I wanted to and be what, known. What, what I wanted to be known. Hold on. To learn the move. Hold on. Wait, I wanted I, to be known that your father, your father, at it's like the dinner age? table. Yep. Sixty-nine years old, did not stop for a moment. The only people okay, so. who lasted as long as Dad were the kids who were breakdancing and keeping up with Ozone. And Shabadoo himself called Dad out multiple times and, like, joked around with him. Because Dad was by far the oldest person in there. And Dad did not stop. And I will add, our father was amazing. We ran oh, into he's the, a great dancer. We ran into some guys mm-hmm. in the elevator later who were in the class. And they said, wow, you were really good. So Dad was he made us proud. It was that incredible. Was I'm paying for it today, but I was going to finish that workshop no matter what. So it was inspiring. So I think I think this is a good point, actually. Dad Dad was particularly moved. I think we were all moved. It was a moving experience. Dad, can you talk a little bit about the inspiration, the, the, inspire, well, the inspiration does, factor? Does Becky have – I think I cut Becky off. Do Wait, you have a question? Yeah, I have a question. Did he do no one even of, answered my question. So. Yeah, what was your they question more or again? less did. They they gave us a, a fair assessment. They, they don't, you know, they didn't do a poll at the class. Well, um, <laughs> my question: Did he do any of? Did he do any of the routines from either Breakin or yeah. Electric Boogaloo? Yeah, he um, uh, at intervals or at the end of the class, uh, he went into uh, f- you know I would say high level. Not of course not the highest level. He's not he wasn't performing, but he started to um, do the the things that you saw in the movie. And what was fascinating was to see that the three blocks, he taught us three blocks of steps. And they were kind of, and, and what he taught us were really um, kind of like the foundation steps from which you do all, you know, he does all kinds of variations. So you could see in these amazing moves that he was doing, and he was doing them the way you get a cup of coffee. I, I, they just flow naturally out of his body after but so many he's years. A, you think, so he's as good as he was then, is what you're saying. He is... He a little is, bit older. He, he's certainly older. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you didn't see him, you know, as I say, in in full performance mode, but totally amazing. Just totally and, amazing. And so he taught us three or four major moves. One of them was called the lock. One of them was called the kickball chain. One of them called was the wrist roll. You know, Know where they roll their arms. Yes, up and roll that looks back. really hard. I have to say, they make it look effortless in the movie. And in some ways, when you look back at that movie from the 80s, you kind of look and say, oh. It does not look effortless in the movie. There's a whole montage and how difficult it is to learn In particular, that move. Move. Like, she's a professional dancer and Kelly can't learn it. I was under no impression that any of this was easy. So, it, it is all really hard, both from a mental standpoint. But from a physical standpoint, I, I mean, all of us need ice. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> it was so impressive just to learn the lock and the lock shake. Like, when we watch the movie now, I think we have a sense of the different pe- – like, there are different moves, like the little kick that he does. Or when you see him doing his robot walk and he and he stops and he kind of locks and then moves his arms. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of the deliberate movements that go along with that, he was – teaching us to the I mean and we all did the best that we possibly could but the, the contour okay, okay, okay. it was amazing the question everybody's waiting for what did he say about the movie okay so so he did it so he didn't talk a ton about the movies, and we didn't want to bug him much about the movies. Although we 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 thanked him and we talked about them in different ways, and but 
the probably one of the best moments was he sits us down at the end, the last five minutes after the whole course, and he starts giving us this beautiful, inspirational speech, which I'll let Dad talk about the message of the speech. And then in the middle of the speech, he he starts quoting the scene from the beach where he gives that emotional speech to Kelly. Seriously? Yeah. He's like giving her oh, shit. And I'll tell you yeah. why he said it. He said it because he said that a lot of the movie he improvised that wasn't in the script, and that was his example of a scene that he had improvised, that it just came from his heart, and it turned out to be good. And so he did that. What, did, uh, what does he say then? He goes, you don't know how I feel, Kelly, or something like that. He said those... He gives her a shit. Yeah, yeah. But he said the exact lines, and he said Kelly, and everybody cheered. It was great. Mm, Like, he threw us one one little fan. um, uh, Okay. um, that's that's awesome. Did he give a, Did he give an update on Turbo Boogaloo Shrimp? That's yeah. what I asked Shai before I called him on the phone. I was like, "Did he give an update?" We did like, not no. ask him about Boogaloo Shrimp, or so, maybe okay. Dad did. Here's here's my other question: Did he make any reference? Did anybody else make reference? Was anybody dressed in a crop top? There was one lady dressed up as one of the uh, women from the I, final yeah, I scene saw. in Electric Boogaloo. Uh-huh, I oh, saw that okay. in, your, in your picture, like the red and black in the, one of their final performance outfits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so that was but like the fact that he mostly wore crop tops in the movie, there was no reference made to that. Or bandanas around your waist or giant rabbit tails on your belt loop. Is that what it was? Or yeah, like a is. beret mixed with a bunch of chains. So <laughs> Nobody? On, okay. uh, when I shook his hand for the picture, we were uh, asked not to spend a lot of time. And I said to him, as I shook his hand, I said, uh, to me, breaking was a revolutionary moment in movie making the way Star Wars was. And he he looked at me very seriously and he said, I agree. And I think uh, at that moment, I felt as if I had connected with him in a way that Indicated how he feels about breakdancing as a whole, and he and he made references to that in, as he spoke uh, when he talked about the origin of breakdancing um, uh, appearing for the first time publicly in Soul Train, uh, which is by itself a iconic cultural ex- you know moment that you guys can explore perhaps in another uh, podcast, um, and uh, so it, it first appeared in. in in uh, in media in, in 71 that's 13 years before the movie was made in 84 so he clearly you know feels this dance form not just as a performance medium but as and you know you guys can also talk to it in terms of how it relates to uh, culture and history and and something which is you know truly unique in in performance art yeah yeah and I would say when Dad mentioned um, us not spending a lot of time talking, that was me who just said that I know that during photo ops, because there's a lot of people who lined up and have paid money, you're not supposed to like monopolize the guy's time. He was, of course, very cool and was not rushing anyone, nor were the people at All-Star Comic Con. They were, they were very cool about it. Um, so the, do you want to talk at all about the inspirational speech, yeah, Dad? Yeah, uh, so uh, it's, um, after, after the 
a whole uh, workshop, he was then signing photos, and I, and I actually thought that I want him to appear in a workshop in some professional uh, setting that I'm thinking of for, for my company. And um, I started to, uh, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, talk to him um, about his philosophy. And I think what, as as uh, revolutionary for me as the workshop was because I was thinking oh yeah this is kind of a lightweight for um, you know different people who are not very serious about dancing but in fact this was a workshop for dancers and he treated us as if we were you know uh, students uh, real dance students but yet uh, the words that he spoke before during and after uh, really struck me, and I think, uh, and, and I, I related to Mom in one very important sense because he he first started talking about how every person has their groove, and there's no such thing as good or bad uh, in in dance or true or not true. It's that fingerprint that uh, just as everyone has their own fingerprint, everyone has their own their own form, and so much of what he talked about was letting. Letting yourself be true to who you are and letting that come out uh, on the dance floor. And I, I thought back to a mom who is the most natural dancer in the world. She doesn't dance by steps. Well, that's why I can't learn a choreography. Yeah, let's very, be clear. Mom, it was very difficult for me yesterday. Ma- mom could not learn a single <laughs> step of the choreography. I, I learned it. I just couldn't I, keep up. Mom I, dances her own beat. I exactly. was able to learn one step consistently. Dad got all of them. Allie got a lot of them as you could expect. The kids mm-hmm. were enamored for the first five minutes and then they just were like, why is this so long? They were like... Mm-hmm. They went to play under they a went chair. To go, yeah, they went to go play under a chair in the corner and they had fun. But coming back to his philosophy, so there were there were several points that he made that if you put them all together, could be a TED Talk on, on, on origin of who you are and what you... Um, should be uh, he he really struck me in terms of uh, expressing y- your own personal self and I could relate it to the dance floor where I couldn't keep up you know I, I was enamored with MC Hammer I was telling Shy before when he came on the scene um, with uh, Can't Touch This um, mm-hmm. and, and I you know I remember and I guess it was, in, was was that in the 90s or the 80s Nineties, mm-hmm. so very remember, early nineties. Uh, yeah, early nineties. Uh, so I, try, I remember trying to imitate those steps, and and I couldn't, of course. Uh, but then I, I think I remember just saying, "Oh, you know, just just be yourself on the dance floor." So oh. can I say something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Thank can you. Can you for pronounce his name again? Alfredo Quinones. No. Adolfo. Adolfo Quiñones. <laughs> Alfredo, Alberto, Adolfo. It's a name. Between, okay. between two, you'll get it right eventually. Adolfo Quiñones. Anyway, he... Um you know, when you go to these things, you go to a Comic-Con, and we don't go as often as Shy does because he seems to love these things. Um, it was actually a lot of fun. But when I went, and I'm thinking, okay, so he was in Breaking in 1980s. You know, what are these washed-up old stars doing? And, and coincidentally, um, Roger and I had watched this new Burt Reynolds movie last night about a, an actor who was it's called The Last Movie Star about this actor who was once Tell very, very Reynolds famous. 
no, he no. wasn't. But listen, you know, here's the connection. The film was actually quite good, and it was about this star who is no longer a star. He's in his 80s, and at one time he was award-winning. He was in the inner circle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and he gets an award at a film festival, and he doesn't want to go, and he ends up going, and it's a rinky-dink nothing film festival in Tennessee. Oh, that sounds like a cool movie. And he yeah, gets really upset because it makes him feel very washed out and like washed up and done and that's what the movie's about but then when I went this with um, it reminded me that going yesterday to this thing I'm thinking okay so this guy he's going to do a workshop he's going to take a picture eh It'll be fun. It's exciting. I love the movies. Watching it with you guys, I don't know how many hundred times did we watch it. I have no recollection how many times we watch it together. What I was impressed with is that he reinvented himself. He did not rely on... He doesn't even... He didn't call himself Ozone. He didn't make real I'm, references I'm to it. I'm disappointed. I feel like... He, he, I, like he, not that I want him to be washed talked, up. Like, I'm happy that he has, like, a whole other career. Well, I'm just like, give the people what they want. He didn't ignore it, because at the place where you go to get the thing signed, they had the movie playing, and it wasn't that he ignored it and he made references to Kelly or whatever, but he actually has reinvented himself, and he does workshops all over the world, and he has this whole philosophy that he talks about and for me I felt very I respected him very much for that and I was I was impressed by that because it's not that easy to reinvent yourself so uh, it was very cool it was very cool so you have an autographed picture of our whole family coming to you guys well I want to share <laughs> um, and uh, you Amazing. can fight over the original so let's talk dad mom and dad talked about the last movie star let's talk about uh, what we're watching. So they, they watch that movie. You guys watching anything I'm that you want to talk about? I'm embarrassed to say what I'm watching. No. Like, I Riverdale. Have stooped, no, I have stooped today. I have stooped below Riverdale. One Tree Hill? What? Heart of Dixie? No, I love Heart of Dixie. Don't mess with Heart of Dixie. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. One Tree Hill Rachel is Bilson's accurate, a national treasure. No, no, no. It's just like a, a more of a, like a philosoph- like a philosophical stooping. Um, I somehow stumbled upon, I don't know if you guys are in this, like sometimes I don't have something that I need to watch that not really pay attention in a quick moment. And I, I, I'm on Netflix and I'm like going through, like for me to turn on the VPN and then it takes me a long time sometimes to like get a show on, on the road. So yeah, it's also I'm, getting, taking a long time to tell us what you're watching. Just anyways. <laughs> So I like quickly put on Netflix and stumble upon the like story of Diana, the princess <laughs> Diana. And I am riveted, people, by this documentary. Oh, I, it's, it's, a, it's a documentary. Okay, Wait, fair enough. Why is that stooping low? Well, that seems I like it would be really just, interesting. I, guess, I think we've said it also- before. Documentaries are the books of movies. Yeah, but <laughs> someone else said that. I didn't make that up. But, I thought you but, made that up. I didn't. No, make not someone because else. it's a documentary. I love documentaries. I just mean because it's like you know a bit. Of, you know, it's about the royal family and. It, she but was, wasn't she like a really interesting person with lots of humanitarian? She was initiatives, and like, I just I guess it's just so I feel like it's so trite to like be watching something about her because she's so iconic and like people talk about her all the time and I don't know I was like really Diana but I know nothing about her and it's fascinating it's on Netflix I, it, I'm i watching it in chunks I'm not sitting down watching the whole thing through every once in a while but it's made uh, in part like with her brother so I feel like that gives it some legitimacy it's not like some tabloid or I less legitimacy because the family controls it no but I, I actually heard about no, the he talks, he, yeah. reviews. I had read about it um, if you, well no he, he said he, for the first time 
Yeah. When you I said thought, stooped, I thought you watched a TV movie about Diana, and I was like, Yeah, I right. thought you were talking about like the, exactly. the like Candace Cameron Bure as Diana. When yeah. did she die? In 1988? No, 97. No, 97. Um, 97. 97. The, like, day before my bat mitzvah. Yeah, 97. 97, right before my bat mitzvah. It's um, interesting, because I was working in the UK in the following year. No, um, that year. Yeah, that year. 97, 98 is when, yeah. Yeah, late 97. Yeah. It was late 97 then. And, uh, of course, I was reading the British uh, tabloids, uh, Daily Mail and, uh, gosh, I forget the other one. Um, and it amazed me how every issue had five articles of, uh, about Diana. So I think she's never lost, I don't think she's ever lost presence in people's no. minds since her death. Well, and yeah, so, well, when you said you stooped, I figured well, it I was guess, the Megan and Harry movie. Right. Right, exactly. Is there a Meghan and Harry movie? Are they all? They got married. Are they starring in it? Like how? No, it's like they found the Michael J. Fox lookalikes of Meghan and Harry, and they made like a Hallmark Lifetime movie about this. I almost watched that, but I I stopped myself. The point is that I guess I thought in my mind when I just was looking through and I see Diana, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna watch this, and I think I thought I was maybe watching something like a. One of those remake fake movies, and I was like, "Oh, this is a bit like salacious." And then I realized it was a real legitimate documentary, and and her brother's in it, and it's the first time he's spoken since she died, and he felt that since twenty years had passed, he could then talk about her, and talk about her as a child and their childhood together and everything. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, and it's pretty. It's fa- I mean, I find it fascinating. I had no idea she got married when she was nineteen years old. She was a baby. I, there's, she was a baby. I had no idea about so much of this story. So I actually recommend that if you're interested in not just the royal that's family. How, that's but how old she was when she married Charles. He was 30, and he was 32. And she was, she was 19. 19. Yeah. Oh. It was fascinating. Anyways, and then I, well, I'll just move on. Never mind. I won't keep going on. Becky, what are you watching? Are you watching? <laughs> Oh, wait, I had an answer, and then I forgot, because Lily talked for 20 minutes. Uh, wait, but to be clear, uh, she talked for 20 minutes about how she was ashamed to be talking what she was talking about. Then she started dropping the actual knowledge for another 10 minutes, so. Yeah, so there Did goes anything less. No, nothing less. Oh, what do you mean, what am I watching? The only thing there is to be watching as of June 15th, the new season of Queer Eye. Stop what I'm you're doing. Go home from work. You know, take the day off and just watch the new season. I've of already Eye. watched three episodes. And I, 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 I have watched any of it. I was just just the tears were flowing. The tears were emotional. Flowing. Very inspiring. Yeah, it is such a great so show. So inspiring. Um, and I've I uh, promised myself I'd watch like one a day and space it wait, out. I've wait a minute. In time. Whose turn was it to talk about what they're watching? It's like youngest L- child L- over L- here. L- I, I, I will say, you really, really? diana us out there. Yeah, they got. I, I need to hear Becky talk about queer right now. So going into season two, this is something that's come up in the last two episodes of this podcast. Is season two of a series? There's so much buildup in season one. They throw everything into season one. You're worried going into season two. Is it going to fulfill? Is it going to feel stale? Are they going to have good ideas? And I have to tell you, it's delivering. What's I was the really nervous. Of the show. The premise of the show is five gay men, each with a different specialty, culture, food and wine, st- like uh, grooming, fashion. style, like fashion, and um, and like interior design. Oh, hair, and hair. They, 
No, grooming. Grooming oh, is grooming. like hair, oh, grooming, all that, right? Okay. Skin, and skin they're, product, they're matched makeup. Up, they're matched up with a person who has been nominated by someone in their life who needs support kind of turning their life around from all of these perspectives and basically finding their their best selves and these guys go in and spend a week with the person and their friends and their family over the course of the week you know help them shine and be their best selves so it's not a makeover show in the sense that they take someone and they say we're just going to give you a new haircut and all these new clothes and then you'll be a different person they really kind of find out take the time to get to know the subject who they are where they want to be going in their life and through all these different means like they say make that make their their outsides shine and be beautiful and then hopefully by that you know that will be a motivation for their something that i'm pipe in one sec something i really like about the show is that there's no they like make fun of the person and laugh along with them a bit which is great because like some of the stuff these people like have in their wardrobe or their house or the way they're living is like they're like no guys you can't keep living like this um which is funny but they also never like body shame or put the person down it's all about like elevating which I, is mm-hmm. very inspirational it's so, awesome. um, and it, so and that's excuse me. Is it only show. men that they work with? No, no they have they a woman this with, season. They, they work just... with men, women, gay, straight, old, young. It doesn't matter. It's just you know whoever is nominated that would be a good subject. Um, and uh, season two so far has been fantastic. It's just as good as season one, if not better, because the Fab Five have bonded and are even closer at this point. So. Um, <laughs> And like even more comfortable on camera and all that. Anyway, so uh, that's what I've been watching. Oh, that's awesome. And I love seeing how I don't have the patience for a reality show, but I have seen a number of episodes of the show and it is terrific. And it made me so happy when that second season came out. I couldn't believe how quickly it came out. I guess maybe it didn't come out that so quickly. Either way, a few months. I, the amazing positive reaction that I've seen makes me really happy. So what I've been watching also comes with one of the one of the big moments that happens on our show, which it comes with an I told you show. So I will be calling our sister Lilia Genius, Lilia Genius, for introducing me to Killing Eve. Absolutely, amazing! I I second that motion. I loved it. I loved it from the first. Just call me a genius. I love it from the first episode. Sandra O has now erased all of Grey's Anatomy for me, even though they do have her crying over dead bodies in a hospital in the first episode, (laughs) and that gave me flashbacks. (laughs) Um, I love the acting. I love the story. I love the different characters. I love the tension. I love the way they use music, even though I don't love the actual music. I love the way they use music. Uh, I think that Villanelle, the villain, uh, she plays a psychopath perfectly. I caught on very right away that this wasn't some person, or at least I don't know yet because I'm only about halfway through the season, but this wasn't some person that was just trained as a killer. This is clearly a psychopath that they enlisted to be their assassin. And uh, I just a terrific show, and I'm not all the way through the season, but Lily, you are in fact a genius. This is the first show in a while, 45-minute show, so like a, you know, a drama, where the moment the episode's over, I want to start the next one. So I have seen it through. Mm-hmm. We almost uh, completed it when uh, yeah, we Robin watched it. Yeah, we watched it in eight episodes. We watched it in five days, right? Almost. So uh, at two o'clock in the morning. So when you all finish, um, 
at another on another podcast, I would like the three of you to review what you think of it after you finish the season. So put that down on on a future agenda. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Joe, you said you had a question. Oh, so I have a question. Just so there's something, and I don't know if Becky, you've seen the whole season yet, uh, or Lily. So try not to do spoilers when you answer this. But there are some questions I have about Villanelle, the assassins, like. You know that episode of Always Sunny, What Are the Rules? Right. Her decisions of who she... That comes up in my life a lot, though, by the way. The what are the rules? So she ruthlessly kills tons of people with no remorse. She even you know, makes you feel like she's going to have remorse, but she's obviously lying, and you know she's lying. Mm -hmm. But then there are certain characters that she won't kill and almost protects, and I can't figure out the system, and maybe that's part of the show, but... You know, she hasn't hurt. Oh, Eve. I feel like that's explained by the end who she who she protects. Okay, that's you, you like watched it through. Episode. Yeah, that ex- that's explained oh. in like the last two episodes. Oh, I didn't know you finished it, Beck. Okay. I did. But I but if we talk about it, we'll ruin it. Okay. All right. So, Beck, did you did you end up turning around on it a bit, or did you have issues with the show? No, I I really really loved it, and I'm definitely going to watch a season two. I just I just feel like it wasn't. It w- Listen, sure. I'll give you the I told you so. I just don't think it's a perfect show. I think that they... But I don't think an untold it show some, are perfect I, shows. I think they make some mistakes in the storytelling and they lean on certain devices. Um, and they just... Like some weird choices that... I don't know. Are you talking about the way they film it or on the storyline, the weird choices? No, just like the storyline-wise. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, one but, uh, I think one of the things is that they keep a certain sen- sense of mystery and confusion, which doesn't happen that often anymore with TV shows, where everything is, is they tell you what they're going to tell you. And this one, they leave a lot to interpretation and kind of vague, and you, you don't even know where it's going. It reminds me a little bit of Broad Church, you know, where you're watching it, and it is a true mystery because you really can't figure out who did it. Mm-hmm. And here, it's not about who done it. You know it's her. She's a killer. Right. No, but I, I it, really... I did really like it in the end. I did really like it in the end. Um, I did really like it in the end. Was I gonna? I you know. But one thing I do agree with you. It's a bit far fetched. Some of the stuff is a little bit far fetched. Well, it's not even the far fetched that (coughs) that got me. I did. Well, let's try see it to the end. Okay, I'll see it through. All right, let's go to. Yeah, when you're done seeing it, we can talk. Let's go to shout outs. Uh, Lily, you got any shout outs? I would like to shout out to. Angie's Boom Chicka Pop. Okay. Because (laughs) I just finished my last bag. It was brought to me from the United States from my dear parents. So I should thank them first. Shout out to you guys. And you cannot get anything like that here. This is like really something super special. It would be one of the main reasons I'd move back to the United States besides my family. Uh, it's, it's so good and Angie makes it and I just like Angie wherever you are you're a genius because this popcorn's incredible and if people out there haven't tried it go out and buy it alright back so that's my shout out yeah I have a shout out too I brought this up a, uh, maybe like a couple months ago this short animated film called Weekends that 
my friend Trevor Jimenez made and a bunch of our other friends worked on and my husband worked on. And it uh, recently screened at the Annecy Film Festival, which is the most important animation film festival in the world. It happens in Annecy, France every year. And he just won uh, the Audience Award and the Jury Prize for his short film. That's That's amazing. amazing. Huge, huge things to win both the Jury Prize and the Audience Award. Really excited for him. So shout out to Trev. And then also a shout out to someone I've brought up before to edgy because he is as diehard of a break-in fan as this family is he was a break dancer pretty much through his whole life through his 20s and when he found out you guys got to meet ozone and dance with him the jealousy was just like you could see it radiating it's so cool you're gonna share the joy of the ozone meeting with yes like an and, person. and our neither one of our partners quite understand our deep obsession with these movies Wait, I think Becky, I thought Lily, I thought Jose was in his own breakdance crew. He was. Los Lockers. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know what they were called, but he was called El Rapid. I'm not even kidding. His best friends from home will call him El Rapid. So did he... How do you just just leave that for minute 50 of the podcast? So did did he ever see Breakin'? Of course, yeah. Yeah, Mom, you have to listen to the podcast. Yeah. We talk about that. Oh, believe me, it has been established already this weekend that mom and dad don't listen, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. I, I, I listen I will, to it in spurts and like I, I, seg- I will, segments, segments. I will when I retire. Oh, that's right. Dad is committed to. Uh, but it's, to be fair to them, their whole life is the podcast. <laughs> they have to listen to us doing this all the time. It's not True. much different in our house. Okay, so I have some shout outs. I want to give a shout out to our dear buddy Gato. Haven't said hi to him in a little while, but Gato is one of our awesome listeners and buddies in the Twitterverse. And almost every time he tweets that he's watching a particular movie, it's, it's like he's in our mind. Right, exactly. That's unbelievable. And and I just I I feel like somewhere right now Gato's watching some awesome action movie or eighties movie that that he's we, like our, our Twitter spitter spirit animal exactly and uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our dear friend Pam and the Herspiration Happy Hour they have a Father's Day uh, all male takeover episode or I don't know all male because the the women who run the podcast are on it but they have a a bunch of uh, male guests this week on their podcast from the special Father's Day episode that they have airing so people should check that out I want to give a shout out to Deborah K. Baker Jr. And her brother, in particular her brother William, who is recovering from cancer, fighting cancer. Uh, She is the amazing, hilarious actress who plays Denise on Stand Against Evil. And I, along with some of the Stand Against Evil fans, have been sending them some uh, good vibes through social media. I made them an animation earlier today and just sending lots of loves to those folks. Deborah has been always very gracious about me sending out my fan art. And I was very happy to be able to participate in the little bit that I could in sending good wishes to her brother. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout-out again, just going back to the well again, to Mike Roberts and Andy Sipes, the creators uh, of Dallas and Robo, or Mike's the to Mike Roberts and Andy Sipes, who work on Dallas and Robo. Mike, I believe, is the creator. He uh, has been uh, jamming with us on Twitter, and that show is just hilarious. I've been watching it nonstop. Highly, highly recommend people, if you have YouTube read, yes. check awesome. it out. And finally, to one of the all-time great Yentas, uh, if you watch the Goldbergs, the Frentas are real, and our mother has her own version of them, and I talked to Anuta today, who... Oh, fun! Nice! 
Whoa, what was that? Right. You just you just yelled into the uh, got a weird sound there. Anyways, um, to Anuta today, and she uh, and it was she sent lots of love to us, uh, and hopes and I think she listens to the podcast a little bit. She really enjoyed the story of mom and dad and the hippos, so that's what I've got there. And mom, where can people follow you on? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? There's not much to follow. It's okay. Mom's inner wonder on Instagram and Twitter. Dad, you don't want anyone to follow you, right? Well, I I'm a, uh, I only have a professional profile, but I'd like to give a shout-out. I'd like to give a oh. shout-out. I I, this has been an amazing month for me uh, personally because within one month I got to see all three of our children. In within their, two weeks, like two and a half weeks, not even a month. That's right. It's amazing. And I'd like to yeah. shout-out. To our three kids, and Mom and I have said this many times, our mantra as you were growing up was follow your heart. And indeed, the three of you have. It's taken you professionally to very, very different places, but places where you've fulfilled yourselves, you know, to quote Ozone, you know, be who you are. And um, the second thing that you've done is you've taken us to amazing places. So our trip to the Canary Islands, to Santa Cruz de Tenerife, was again an amazing place. All of the pastry shops on your street were amazing. Uh, to Becky, uh, thank you for taking us to... Uh, the East Bay of San Francisco and of course to Pixar many times and to the amazing friends that you're making and to our first uh, child uh, Shai, uh, thank you for taking us to a Comic Con and to meet Shabadoo. It's one of those moments in my life when I say, really? And then I say, yeah, just trust your son. And you totally amazed us yet again with an incredible life-changing experience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you. Uh, and to be clear, Becky, just so you know, in the de- the month of June dad sweepstakes, I have now crushed it. Because in addition to Shabadoo, we also got dad a properly a black made forest Black cake. Forest cake from the German baker. I saw hey, that. Dad, um, which did you enjoy more? That's really putting me on the spot. So <laughs> which? I think the, the answer is known right there. So, no, no, hold it. Hold child slave. So, so um, you cannot compare something that was made with loving hands. <laughs> you know what that means. As, Everyone, as, however, however. And, gets and Becky, no, no, no. And, and Becky, you win it on size. And size is very, very, very important when you're eating black. Yeah, Shai looks like he got you like a black, little mini one. So well, let's to be like clear. Who gets who was in charge of ordering the cake? Was it me? It was Allie for sure. It was Allie. Right. So it looked like it was one piece. Allie was like, it guys, came with can a free we order? Salad. She asked them to give them the normal one. And then she was like, just make it half the size, much smaller. And then, for sure. Uh, well, thank you to both uh, but my at, children. All three of my Allie did order the cake. All stuff. I can say is I'll be coming back next year. Ooh, it was a fight with an words. even better cake. I'm ramping this up. Oh, mom has a shot. Everyone's got a shot. I didn't. Well, go. I mean, you know, I am here. I am. Even though Papa's here, I'm not invisible. Um, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to all the daddies. Uh, Roger, who's the super dad and the great role model in the family. Uh, to Shy, Jose, and Vlad, who are amazing fathers. Uh, you wow me every time I see you with your children. And, of course, to my brothers and all the people that I love that are daddies and grandfathers and aunts and uncles. And um, it's it's a privilege to be part of that circle. Awesome. Okay, cool. Becky, where can people oh, yeah. follow you? 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PaperBKPrincess. I highly recommend you follow because if you are following, you would have seen the amazing video I posted for last week's episode of the behind-the-scenes laughter during Shai's intro. So you should be following. Um, and I'd say check out some recipes on uh, everydayoat.com, but I haven't really posted anything new in a while. But yeah, check it out anyway. You could put your black forest cake on it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Or uh, you could Lily, not. Lily, can people follow you? Um, at Chichi K. Gomez. That's it. On that's all Twitter. you have to say. Just say on Twitter. Chichi K. Gomez. No, you don't people don't know where it is, what platform. On Twitter. No, instead of at the Twitter.com, which is. I'm not know. saying any other words. There are no other words. But I will say that um, we forgot Cousin Vanessa. So just love her. Love to Cousin Vanessa. Oh, I'm seeing Cousin Vanessa later today. There you, there you go. go. You're so lucky. She's the yeah. best. Say hi. Mm hmm. And you can follow right. me at Pancake. I was going to be like, all right, well, we're done. No, you can follow <laughs> by me. The way, by the way, all done now. Mom got it. There you go. You can follow me at Pancake for Table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all of the pancake shenanigans at pancakefortable.com. If you just like the podcast, go to FridayNightMoviePod.com. Follow various links there. Recommend us to your friends. Uh, review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts that is a really easy way to help us get noticed by other people so we can continue to share our wacky stories with people and if you would like to hear uh, my voice and actually hear me talk about MC Hammer who came up today uh, Ashley and I Ashley also known as at comedy girl on uh, a comedy underscore girl on Twitter or improvinator on Instagram. She and I have started a podcast called Behind the Behind the Music also available on iTunes and Podbean and other places. And our second episode is all about MC Hammer and we go deep on that one on, on his career. And I think that's what I've got. The theme music by What Does It Eat will kick in now and we'll all dance Mom's gonna, Dad's gonna pop and lock, and Mom's gonna show us her wrist roll, and I'm doing the kickball chain right now in my chair. Lily and Becky, are you guys dancing? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. popping and locking. All right. Obviously. Bye, love you. Bye. Love Bye. you guys. Have fun with Mom and Dad. So, Becky, Becky mm-hmm. I'm in Shai's basement. Mm-hmm. I want you to imagine what I'm wearing. Huh. What? I'm in Shai's basement. I want you to imagine what I'm wearing. A, a parka. You're wearing a parka. <laughs> You're wearing a ski coat. Look how mom's dressed. It's so <laughs> cold down here. I've got I'm, my you're wearing, Are you wearing your scar? old fur coat? Did you bring out the beaver? I should have. <laughs> I have an afghan on me that somebody knitted. It's ugly, but... No, Santa. <laughs> it's Allie's grandmother. So, uh, What's wrong with you? <laughs> I couldn't join the call on my Lily, computer. Lily, you have to hang up and rejoin the call. Bye. <laughs> this is behind-the-scenes footage. Mom's very cold.
<laughs> Becky, I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you a picture of this I'm going to catch pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Okay. Hi. Oh, sorry. I don't know why I thought this was Laxui's call. <laughs> So I didn't join it. <laughs> no, I have. Mom, I'm the mom of this group. Can, can, okay. Can you guys talk I'm lower gonna, because um, your ears are sensitive. Yeah. No. Well, your earphones are very might be very loud. Okay, there, I'll, but I'll, we I'll, all I kind of like leave them on the edge for my ears. So, um, Lily, I, I don't know if you were on before, but it's very cold. I heard you're basement. very cold. No, but now I'm okay. The Afghan really works. Well, it's because it's like four generations old. Here, Is that that? Brown. I mean, the black and orange one. It's no, no. The black and black orange and one is. is can you hear? Ours. Can you hear, Mom and Dad? Okay. The black and I, orange I'm, was at death. Playing yeah, with this the is settings. Grandmother's. Can you hear me? It's actually okay, quite girls? heavy and really well done. It's well made. Girls, can you, you can't, hear me? Okay? Mm-hmm. Is this yeah, better, Mom? You you can't walk it back now. Yeah, what don't, you don't backpedal. <laughs> we know what you really think. <laughs> I thought you'd be wearing something fun like Dad's old one piece green ski suit <laughs> if it was here I would have put okay. it 